Hey everybody, this is John Fusco, and you're listening to the No Film School Podcast. Adam Leon made only one short before breaking onto the indie film scene with his South by Southwest winning debut feature, Gimme the Loot. With a budget around $60,000, the writer-director won the Someone to Watch Award at the Film Independent Spirits and was able to get his film into almost every notable film festival on the market, including a run in the Uncertain Regard competition at Cannes. How did he pull it off? Hard work and humble beginnings. Leon's work ethic was noticed on set as a PA, and as a result of his efforts, he found collaborators and producers that were eager to invest in his future. His latest film, Tramps, debuted at the Toronto International Film Festival last summer and was quickly scooped up by Netflix. It follows a young man and woman as they are unwittingly thrown into the middle of a money drop-off gone awry. But for Leon, the real challenge came in crafting a genuine romance without leaning on cliché. To achieve this goal, he turned to his writing partner and producer, Jamin Washington, early on in the development process. Leon and Washington join us on this week's episode of the No Film School podcast to talk filmmaking as a collaborative art form, the right way to take notes on your screenplay, and finding partners that won't compromise your vision, but help to build upon it. So I'll just ask you guys to introduce yourselves and uh, so our listeners can familiarize themselves with your voices. Starting with you, Adam. Uh, I'm Adam Leon. I am the writer-director of Tramps. And I'm Jamin Washington. I'm producer of Tramps. Nice. So did you have any part in writing the movie as well? Or is this kind of, how does your process work collaboratively? Because I know you two have worked on a script before together for Give Me the Loot. Yeah, yeah, we developed Tramps together. Um, uh, as far as the process, let's see. Um, I I went to uh, to Jamin very 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 early on with you, and I, you know I'm curious what would you think if this is the right telling of it, right? Everybody has a different telling of a story. Um, I went to Jamin really super early um, in the idea phase of Tramps. I had actually been writing some pages and uh, I, I was looking for someone to, to collaborate with um, more intensely early on. I had uh, I developed a project for TV and I really liked how that process went, that you were dealing with collaborators um, and dealing with notes super early. And so we sat down, we sat down for a dinner. I told you about it before and then we sat down at dinner and I basically was like, do you want to do you want to do this? You want to go on this journey? And this is sort of what I want to do. I, I or we sort of at that dinner talked about um, telling a, a romance, a romantic adventure, and telling it in a way that felt uh, very genuine and a different take on it, and, and a sort of an honest take on on both the uh, romantic elements of it, the New York elements, the character elements, and the crime elements of it. And uh, what I what I had been working on was a little bit zanier. I would say, and uh, Jamond, I think, for the better, uh, focused us in a little. And then what we what we did is I would write pages, uh, and then on Thursday night I would deliver the pages, and Friday we would either meet or have a really long Skype and uh, with a lot of notes and just a lot of talking it through, and then we just repeat that every week. Are you guys both based in New York or where? Yeah. Yeah, we're both in New York. Cool. So. What would some of those, I guess, uh, meetings turn out? You said he was focusing you more. He was, like, grounding you more. Um, is there any sort of, like, example specifically of how he did that? If not, 
Yeah, I mean, there's a lot, but I think that there was a little bit of, of this, the, some of the pages I had sent him, which were super rough, and, and we'd worked together before, so I could trust him to see stuff that was, that was super rough, and he, and he could see. Hopefully. I think that's important yeah. to talk about, because I think the one thing about our relationship is I think we genuinely like each other mm-hmm. and genuinely trust each other, and it's really a safe space. Like, we can, we're, we're not afraid to have bad ideas with each other, right. so we can, we, we toss stuff around, like, very easily and like it it's a I think it's a really good way to do that and we've got a shorthand I think because of that one of the best one of the key things we were stuck on was this idea of of how to handle the mother character and not make her a stock character right I just remember seeing about this last night how you were like this is probably the worst idea ever and you said the idea and I was like that's it that's the idea that's the idea (laughs) and so you need to be able to do that because uh because of that but yeah um I think that, or basically looking at the pages, you, one of the things that you said early on was like, this movie, this screenplay has this scene in it, and it has that scene in it, and I don't think this scene and that scene are in the same movie, and what is this movie? That's, it's something that Jamin talks a lot, really well about, like, coming up with a great idea, but saying, that's not Gimme the Loot, or that's not Tramps, and those are two different answers, you know, something that could work in Gimme the Loot, um, uh, which is a little bit more uh, comic, or there's there's a lot of different things. Just sort of finding the heart and and tone and, and world of what the project is and then being able to, to say, being in this sort of uh, 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 trusted space and being able to say, um, no, that's a great idea, that's a great scene, but that's not this movie. Uh, that's a sentence you use a lot. Yeah, and I think we, I think can sell we me found that. that with the end. Like, I think we found, we knew where we wanted to go. Like, we knew where we wanted this thing to end. I think, and that, that, we sort of backed into what the film was. How, we how had early? the last scene. Yeah. We had the last scene. We knew what it was. We wanted the last like five minute page, pages, of five minutes of the movie. We knew what our goal was, and th- the goal was to not make an anti romance. The goal was to make a romance and deliver on that, and deliver on some uh, on two people who are stuck in their lives, who decide after meeting each other forty eight hours later to change their lives, which is a filmmaking cliche. It's a story cliche, but. W- when that can work, it can be amazing if you can really buy into it. And how do you buy into that now when those tropes feel particularly tired, when I think most romances are very much either going through the motions um, or are anti-romances, which I think is the easiest thing to do, Definitely. to press that button, to just press the button of like, they don't end up together. You know, and, and I, just, I don't know why I said it that way, but they don't end up together. Uh, or like, or love love is, love is death, you know, or something mm-hmm. like that. And it's like, no, love is love. And, and how can we do that and tell this sort of story that is emotional in that way and embrace that, but do it in a way that is t- with our style and doing it in a way that was, was fresh. So that was exciting to us. So we knew, we knew we needed to get there and we needed it to be genuine and have the audience fee- want these people to, to change their lives. Yeah, and I, I remember when you first talked, because you, you talked to me about it before you sent me the pages you had, and uh, I, I think when you find people that you're good at collaborating with, you, you sort of understand no matter what, you're going to work on the project with them. It's like... If they have a project, you're going to figure out how to work on it together. But I really fell in love with the way you were talking about the project. And then you, 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 the pages that you had at that point were around the heist a little more. Mm-hmm. And they didn't really fit in with the way you were talking, the project, talking about the project just yet. But I, I fell in love with the, the idea of the project that you had. And I think the idea was how do we get what what you this idea that you had into that that 
into the pages that existed at that point. And I think we we did it. That was a lot of it. it. Was like, how do we make? How do we get to that? How do we make an audience feel this way? How do we yeah. deliver? that feeling in a way that feels completely genuine and natural and honest. And, uh, and so, yeah, that became just sort of having that as a goal was really helpful. And then we also had the thing where I was like, they have to go to the suburbs for the middle of the movie. Yeah. And and even at certain points, we were like, what if they didn't? And we were always immediately like, no, 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 no. That's a rule that we've put in. That's part. The heart of this movie is they move from the city to the suburbs on this adventure, and they come back. And like, so that was something that helped us structurally, even if at times it became frustrating. Um, we just We just were like... And I like doing that. It's setting a few things where you're like, this movie has to do this thing. You know, and it was, it was sort of like... It's going to end in this way, and this is going to be uh, something is going to happen in the middle, and it's going to happen in this setting, uh, and they're going to come back a little different. And what that thing is is the thing actually we probably ended up working on the most in the script. And I think it's good because any anytime you come up with those things, I feel like I always push back a little bit, and what, what it ends up doing is making you defend and understand why you want to do those things. Yeah, better, absolutely. That's yeah. why I love bringing on a collaborator early, and that's why I actually love notes. And I very find it very odd when people there's this sort of I think, uh, I'm gonna say bullshit, if that's all right. Yeah. I, th- okay. uh, I think there's this sort of bullshit like, I don't take notes. I don't know I'm doing all this voice work today. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I don't take notes. Notes, I'm uncompromised in my thing. And it's like, be uncompromised if you want to, although I don't know what that means and how that actually would work in making a film. But um, but don't, don't compromise your vision, You know, without a doubt. You have to have this vision and you have to execute communicate that vision and execute that vision that's the job so when someone gives you a note that should be a that should be telling you whether or not you're communicating or executing your vision we always talk about that there's these different kinds of notes there's notes that you get from someone where you're like oh that's not what this movie is. You want this movie to be something else. Mm-hmm. You can disregard that note and you can easily defend that. This movie is supposed to feel like this. It's not supposed to feel like that. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Then there are notes that you know when you hear them that they are right. Mm-hmm. And you could wish that they weren't right because it means you have to do more work. Right. But you know that they're right. And then there's what I think are probably most notes, which are the note is wrong. And therefore, it's very easy to dismiss but it's getting at something that isn't working. It may not even be the, the scene itself that's not working. It might be something that's setting up the scene 30 pages later. But And that's another thing I think you know. You just know that somewhere. And you've got to trans. Those are the notes you have to translate yeah. and figure out how to make them helpful. And they're, they're, yeah. they usually are, there's something about them that can absolutely be helpful, but you got to figure it out. The easiest note is the one where you're like, ah, that's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but, the, but the, those middle notes are, are like 90% of notes. It's like, um, what is the, what's, what's actually causing this thing that right. they're saying? Why, like, yeah. What is it actually coming from? Yeah. And, and if you know what your project is supposed to be, and that's what the first, the first couple months while we were writing, but a lot of it was like, what is this, you know, we know where we want to end up. We know certain things about it. We know who the characters are, but, you know, what, what, while you're finding that. But once you really, really know that inside and out, you can defend it against any note. And if you can't, you're not there yet. You don't have your vision ready. So take the note. The note might be garbage, but you should, so what? You should be able, you should be skilled enough to say, like, no, here's why. Uh, and do that in, a, in an articulate and passionate way that someone in the room will be able to go like, oh, he, he or she, that you know what you're doing, right. you know. So and then, the great thing about I think we're not going to let you ask any <laughs> no, 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 this is any this questions. is fantastic. This You're is not asking any questions. All I want. That's how we do it. <laughs> the great thing about having a producer 
as part of the development process is once you get to the point where you can defend everything, if the producer was part of that process, then you now have a producer going out into mm-hmm. the world defending everything. An ally. Yeah. Totally. Very smart. That's good. That's <laughs> I never thought about that. So then uh, I guess what I would ask is as a, as a director and a screenwriter, where is the more valuable place to sort of find those strategies or this, those discoveries? Is it before you actually start shooting or is it while you're shooting? Oh, I think you want to know. I think, <laughs> I guess, maybe I won't articulate this perfectly, but I think you want to walk into on set on the first day feeling 100% that if you shot and made the movie 100% the way that it is in the script, that it will be a masterpiece <laughs> and know that that is wrong. Like, I think that that is also, you want to, you want to know that you're, the movie's going to tell you what it is, and it's going to change and be completely open to those changes, but, I mean, there's this Mike Nichols line that I was talking about with some people last night, and it's, you beat the script, and 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 you just keep working on that script and then you show up on set and it the movie tells you what it is and but you need to you can uh, for me i think you cannot show up on set and be like we're going to discover what the middle of this movie is going to feel like or we're going to find even like this scene what's the story of the scene like we'll figure that out no you have it figured out and then you can realize you're wrong but once you have the whole thing figured out in your heart, you know what feels like the movie. So you can say, this is wrong because, we thought this was going to be right, but this is wrong because of this. What do we do? And you can rewrite that scene on set, and but you, that that happens all the time. Yeah. You know, we are always rewriting a scene on set, or we're going back and shooting it at, you know, later in the production. But, like, but not because we're not prepared. Like right, It's a right. completely different thing. And I'll, I'll answer that question from a producer perspective. Absolutely. It takes a lot more resources to plan to find that on set. Mm. A lot more. And so if you, especially if you're working with limited resources, you gotta find as much of that stuff in the writing process as possible. And for the actors and the production designer and everything, I mean, you they need to, not just because the production designer needs to know that there needs to be art on the walls, but they need to know what the movie is, what it's what what the feeling is, why why this location should feel this way. And so that's stuff that comes from the script. And so when you and I think your crew responds to you when you f- have such a handle on it. And then can trust you when you go, I thought this was right, but this is wrong. This doesn't feel right. Because they know that you're not just willy-nilly. They know you know this. You, they can they can trust your compass, hopefully. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, That's, yeah. Great. <laughs> so you, you freaked us out with that. Like, like, you know, not the normal right. we, questions we, from a... We never stopped writing the script. What happened was we wrote for a while and we sent it to some people we got notes we sent it to some people we got notes and then we felt that we were ready to find other producers that would creative continue the creative development hmm. process we knew we still had some work to do but we felt we were able to walk into a room and do a three hour meeting about this talk for four days about this movie if we needed to we knew the movie but we also knew that it needed we still still needed help and so we found Animal Kingdom, and we started basically a whole other writing room um, yeah. with, with you, me, and Josh, uh, where we would meet very often for hours and hours at end at the Animal Kingdom office and just work on these scenes. We work on these scenes. I would go away for a week or so and come up with stuff. and, and uh, Very quickly developed a trust and, yeah. and 
and shorthand with the but with, always with writing those guys also, yeah. writing new pages up until the time you're shooting but not because you're scrambling mm-hmm. not because you're like and I mean I think there's these stories that are obviously true uh, to, to a degree and maybe they're exaggerated to a degree too about like Casablanca they were writing it as they shot it and stuff like that sure but like it's hard to say um, we're just gonna go make Casablanca that that becomes that that's not why that movie's good that movie's not good because they didn't um, they got lucky by coming up with the best ending. That's the whole thing, like, right? They didn't have the ending while they were writing it. Um, and maybe they didn't get lucky, maybe it's but like, they, the reason that movie's good is not because they didn't know what they were doing, right? You know, and that becomes this sort of romanticized story because nobody wants to tell the story about like, it went through 19 drafts. And yes, we knew the ending had some problems, but we had to shoot, but we were never gonna let that be the, you know. Um, so then I guess while we're talking about influences, I mean, you didn't say Casablanca was an influence, but, um, you know, there was a lot of uh, French New Wave sort of influence in your film. And can you talk about sort of using that as a tool to model your story around in a sense, I guess? Does that make sense as a question? Like using 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 a genre or a form to inform your modern take I can see the movie when I'm writing it, and to a degree, it changes. It's always interesting to me. I find that there's, whether it's a feature or a shorter project, that there's certain shots or ideas for scenes, and they come out exactly as I thought they were, and then there's ones, most of them don't, and the ones that don't sometimes are not as good as how I thought it was going to be, or better. Hmm. Usually the my favorite scenes or shots in the movies aren't the ones that were the exact vision I had. There'll be like four scenes where I'm like, wow, that's like out of my head. And those are usually pretty good. Um, I, I don't know if that answers your question in any way. But basically, <laughs> I think that having said that, I can see the movie, but I try not to think too much about style. I don't know. It's all feeling. I don't know the answer to that um, exactly. I'm sorry I failed you. That's fine. Um, <laughs> I think that's a that's a fair enough answer in itself. Maybe it's not. We definitely. I was definitely looking at other movies. I wasn't particularly looking at French New Wave. I, I, I think when people are talking have brought that up before. I take it as a compliment. It's not something that I was looking at with this movie. Gotcha. I think that what they're meaning, hopefully, is uh, and you tell me is uh, that there's. So go ahead. Yeah, yeah. sure. I mean, there's a lot. Just the sort of style of the chase I guess element where I remember like the the shot coming from the the top of the subway platform right, and then right. following them like staying up high but following them down like across the street and uh you still the could shot. like it's a great shot you could just say the shot um but yeah I mean you could still hear them talking and you can still hear them going but then also the carnival scene mm-hmm. with the, sort of the way mm-hmm. the, the music lined up with the lights mm-hmm. and that sort of I think to me that might have more to do with the feeling that those movies or a certain kind of French New Wave movie, Mm -hmm. the more exuberant ones, which are actually rarer, Mm. but uh, that the more exuberant New New Wave movies um, have. I don't know if it's as much a stylistic aping of that. Uh, Maybe I'm wrong, Um, but as much as it gives the feeling of... Of somebody said, uh, Sarah said, uh, Sarah Samson was like, I don't know if I can call her out, but she was like, it's the feeling of a trailer from a French New Wave movie. Like mm-hmm. when you see the film forum trailer, like, wow, that movie seems really fun. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? And then yeah, you yeah. see it and it's like, there's also a lot of sadness. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> slow, you know? But, uh, but, uh, but something in terms of the motion and the, yeah. and the um, uh, 
the energy of the chase and the young people and 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 you know uh well, I, I don't know the two like leads to i mean uh-huh. just having it be sort of a, a story about tramps or like a ragtag group of people i think the thing was that we yes and that's true and that was and and that's something uh very important for us on the movie i think for us we were talking about more classic Hollywood movies. Mm-hmm. And uh, the two things that we were talking about, actually, when we were, after we'd written the script in some ways, classic Hollywood movies were something we were looking at a little bit when we were writing the script. But afterwards, um, when I was explaining it to people, we were talking about that, and we are talking about some Romer movies, um, in particular the Romer use of transportation, because the movie, to me, is about movement. Um, and how he does these sort of um, transportation around the city sequences. Uh, I became very interested in that. And... Um, but we were more, we were just more trying to do our thing on, on what a classic romance is. And I think in some ways, a lot of French New Wave movies are doing their thing on Hollywood genres, whether they're, it's, uh, you know, a crime genre or it's a romance or whatever. Uh, and so maybe, maybe in sort of that way, there, there's a cousin relationship to it. Um, and I don't, I'm not trying to poo-poo the comparison. I'll obviously take it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a good uh, comparison. We, 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 yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. But, um, yeah. Cool. Uh, great. So, I mean, I want to let you guys go soon. So let's just wrap up with a big question. If you had your best piece of advice to give to young or just emerging filmmakers, our listeners aren't all necessarily young. That's okay. What would you give them? What's your nugget? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's a lot, and it's always it's always a tricky question because it's hard to come off. You, I think, when you say it, it's hard to. You, I think it's hard not to think about how you're coming off. Like right. you could come off as sort of negative, or you could come off as as pretentious or something like that. Uh, I would say that um, for me. I sort of mentioned this. it's for me the job is really identifying and being able to explain and communicate a vision for your story and then identifying and finding talent to execute that story with that vision with and so that's a sort of a certain way of saying team building finding collaborators and identifying collaborators who want to tell the same story you want to tell in the way that you want to tell it. Uh, you need you need that. And I think that um, on my first movie, I would go around, I would get this question, and I would say something um, much less eloquent than that because I was a rookie. No, but I would say something similar to that. And people, I, people seemed disappointed, and I think that people wanted a, like, you take peyote, you go on a vision quest, and you tell everyone to shut the fuck up and <laughs> do what you... It's like, no. It's not how you actually do the work. And so you have to go out there and do the work. And to do the work, you can't... You Not only can you not do it by yourself, it is better being... is Collaborative art is made better by other people who, who want to make the same movie you want to make. So how do you find those people is its own challenge and there's a million there's I don't know there's a million but there's a lot of ways to to find that and that can be um just I worked at film festivals uh and I PA'd but I also worked at film festivals and I met a lot of people through that um Jamie went to film school uh I just think like PAing is a really important good thing to do everyone should do that because you it's important I think to know what it feels like to be bored on set <laughs> um, because when you're when you're the director and producer, you're not bored there's and that's but you need to know the feeling of the people around you sometimes um I think it's important too just for 
finding those people. Like yeah. being being on but set. But then I was gonna say, but yeah, then then it's just being on set and finding people. Being on set is such an exhausting and grueling thing that you I don't think you really know who people are until you get until you go through that with them. And I think part of the thing is we the short film experience that we had right. together and I think we which was rec- tough. Which was tough. And I think we that's when we recognized, like, oh, this is somebody that I like and I trust and I could work with again. And that sort of started it. And so I think it's important to, like, going to the same thing. It's all about collaboration. And I think you have to find those people that you, that you, that you genuinely like working with because you got to spend a lot of time with them. Yeah. People think I skipped a step sometimes because of Give Me the Loot. They think like, oh, I raised $60,000 and I just made this movie and, and I, I made the movie with people that I knew that I had worked with before that I trusted and I had worked on, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't that. And I think sometimes people don't want to do that part of the part of it. Um, so yeah, just find people work, go on set. I mean, uh, actually Berbigli and I were talking about this yesterday cause he's in the movie and he's here in Toronto with us. Um, just how PAs that like, Good PAs, just <laughs> the good PAs on on tramps. You know they can call us and we'll read their short script. We'll try to set them up with somebody who's trying to step up to be a producer. We'll try. You know what I mean? And and like so, just just do, doing work. Yeah, uh, is, is sort of th- doing work and finding people that want to do the same thing you do. I think there's a lot of projects and we know about this. It's just like people want to do something and they. Um, and they they see, they get somebody to say yes, but but yeah yes, but you have to cast this person. And it's like well, I don't want to cast that person, but I really want to get the thing done. And then the thing just so so it's not compromising your vision. It's um it's it's finding people to share it. With. Yeah, almost like building it in a sense yes. with them. Anything to add, Jamin, before we close or? Um, I think that's, that's great. That's great. Cool. Well, thanks. Thank a lot, you guys. so much. Yeah, this was very informative, and uh, good luck with the rest of the festival. Thank you. Thanks very much. Thanks for listening. You can check out Tramps on Netflix now. And be sure to come back on Thursday for Indie Film Weekly, where we will be live from NAB and Las Vegas. If you like what you're hearing, go ahead and subscribe to the No Film School podcast. Give us a solid rating. And I'm John Fusco. You can follow me at Jim underscore John underscore Jim on Twitter. You can follow No Film School at No Film School. And we'll see you next time.